Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, this is Nicole calling from Hamilton, and I needed to let everyone know that I really proudly support Beach and Creative Control. I have for many years. I will for many more, as long as he keeps delivering these amazing interview podcasts. When you hear one of Beach's interviews, you think he's known this guest for years. They're good friends. Uh, but the truth is, he approaches every interview, whether it's sort of up-and-coming indie artists or established icons or like famous intimidating comedians with Uh, a really deep, genuine curiosity, so he's never met this person, and the same really warm uh, candor, as though he's known them forever. I think it really lends to a great chat, no matter who he's talking to, and for that reason, I think you should throw Vish, like what, a dollar a month? He's got jokes. The jokes make it worth it. Support Creative Control on Patreon. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash creative control today. I'm Visha's wife, and remember, when you name a dog Janet or Timothy, you are dragging humanity down just a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, best telling. Beth Stelling is a very funny and talented comedian who originally hails from the state of Ohio. Emerging from the Chicago stand-up community, Stelling has held writing posts with Judd Apatow's HBO show Crashing, I Love You America with Sarah Silverman, and the feature film Good Boys, among others. She's appeared on Conan and Jimmy Kimmel Live and has released two stand-up comedy albums to date, Sweet Beth and Simply the Beth. As part of the 2020 Just for Laughs Northwest Festival, Stelling will be performing at the Biltmore Cabaret in Vancouver on Thursday, February 20th at 6 p.m. Now, Beth and I had a chat recently about how she got into stand-up, her interest in theater and comedy, her podcast called We Called Your Mom, her interest in moms generally, her future plans, and much more. A part of the E1 Podcast Network with the support of listeners like you who subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control plus in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton. This is the 523rd episode of Creative Control featuring the very, very funny Beth Stelling with your host, me, Vish Khanna. 
those, uh, those Facebook posts are like six years ago today. Those are fun for me. <laughs> Surely I do like looking back at, at my old D cups holding the PBR in the town hall bub photo booth. Just like <laughs> taking turns wearing a large bunny head with my friend. <laughs> it's just, it's less nostalgic and more leaves me wondering how I survived on so few likes, you know? <laughs> A photo of my mom's puppy she just got from six years ago? Three likes? How did I go on with my day? Honestly, I don't know. Hi, Beth. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm well. It's nice to speak with you. I'm a fan. You know, I've seen you perform twice in my life in person, once in Brooklyn, New York, and once in Toronto. Whoa. I I can imagine those times. Um, I'm trying to think. <laughs> Let me guess. Well, the times in Toronto, I can't stand behind. But um, I think the Brooklyn one was probably okay. Brooklyn where one, was it in Brooklyn? The Brooklyn one was pretty fantastic. I had a kind of strange circumstance where I was flown to Brooklyn to interview Pete Holmes and eventually Artie Lang about the second... No, it was odd. It was more odd than this. It was the release party for the DVD of season one of Crashing. Wait, and it was at Bell House? Yeah. And I was there. Well, yes, that's that's the premise of my story, that you were, in fact, there, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that set. I was wearing a gray V-neck and some jeans with holes in them. And uh, Dove was there too. Yes, that's right. Off. That's right. That is totally right. And you, I remember that one. It was good, right? Yeah, it was good. It's a good night. Yes. And uh, you, you wrote on that show, correct? That's right. I wrote on season one and two. I was there. Now that that's the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. Show uh, for those who don't know is no longer with us. But uh, I had a fun. Pete and Artie appeared on my show, and it was really fun. I had, it was a great trip. I, I must say. Yeah. And, they and, were a fun little odd couple. Yes. Was that a fun show to write on? Very. Yeah. I mean, it was really my introduction into TV writing, and so it kind of really bridged the gap between my expertise in stand-up and um, getting to write for television for the first time. Yeah. So It was a crash course on crashing. <laughs> so how did you actually get into comedy exactly? I want to... Trace your trajectory. This is not the some... Steps. Why not? Why not? Why don't the we do it? The blueprint for young comedians that's ever-changing. It does um, seem to be ever-changing. That's true. Well, it's ever-changing because like, now somebody can make it off of Vine, but it's also ever-changing because you know, my favorite thing to do is read autobiographies from comedians and funny people I like, mm -hmm. and it just kind of always reinforces the fact that everybody has their own path. So... Um, mine was just really being born the youngest of three girls and, you know, having, you know, being a little bit of a ham and liking attention. And I grew into a precocious little gal that my great cards were always like talks too much um, <laughs> and disruptive. <laughs> and then eventually I found outlets for it. I... Like, one of them was gymnastics, actually. Oh. And then um, I did that for a while. And then I played field hockey, and I was a cheerleader. Well, gymnastics turned into cheerleading, because I couldn't go to gymnastics all that 
often as much. Not to mention, my mom was raising me and my sisters, and gymnastics is a very expensive thing. Mm -hmm. Like she like dipped into her savings for me to do that, and I'm five nines now, so that was a bad investment. Um, <laughs> right, the gymnasts are genetically she, coded to be short. Is that right? Yeah, I don't know what if it's a weightlifting thing or or yeah, you don't grow. But um, mm. I was I was a weed, so I was shooting up. I mean, height wise. Yeah, you weren't drugs. doing. You were not doing heroin. Let's just be no. clear about that. You weren't like some no. flipping around on heroin. No, okay, good, no, no. right. And I still haven't yet. Good, so I, that's I'm great. Hoping not to. I don't plan on it. But, this is a feel. Yeah. It's a feel good story. I like this. Yes. Okay. And then I, um, I really got into like theater stuff. I did a few little things when I was young because my sisters were into theater, and so I would be like a little mouse and um, the Pied Piper or things like that, things that they were already in. Mm -hmm. And then, really, I guess my first foray into like comedy performance was speech and debate, which was like the National Forensic League. Hmm. And I would perform, I, I entered in the humorous category and I would perform basically a play chopped down into 10 minutes or what they call a piece is right. the technical term. Right. And um, so, yeah, that was my first like really, I, you know, you could call it like a one woman show, I guess. But I played all the characters and told the story of the play in 10 minutes. And I did that um, all four years of high school. And I also did the musicals in the spring. So those were my outlets early for comedy, and I always played the funny characters like May, Mama Peterson, and Bye Bye Birdie, and Lee McKechnie Shin, and The Music Man, and all those fun parts I got to play. And then when it came time for college, I thought, I'm going to study theater. I kind of decided that last minute. I was planning on being a veterinarian, um, but <laughs> I, it wasn't in my, it wasn't in the stars. And so I just last minute auditioned for the theater program at Miami University in Ohio. Hmm. And I got a little scholarship and I got in and, and then I did theater for four years. And, you know, some of it was not great. Um, <laughs> but I thought I was going to kind of pursue that, really. I thought I would be in live theater for a long time. But, um, yeah, I, I moved to Chicago after I graduated and... I did a play with, with with some students from my school actually that had also moved and a director that had been direct been working at our school but was also a director in Chicago and so it was kind of that connection and you know it was kind of one of the it was just like a, it's a very it's a little bit of a reality check uh, of what real life as a theater artist looks like you know you're I didn't of course think I was about to make six figures but it, it's more making like a hundred dollars over a period of six months and um you know you do the play and not you don't know who's going to come and not many people do come to a lot of the storefront stuff i mean it depends of course on what the piece is but we were doing brecht oh, and okay. uh <laughs> and so you know i think that was just my time where i thought okay is this what i really want to be doing because I did a few auditions after that with like different theater companies, people I wouldn't have known, you know, which yeah, is yeah. scary. And um, I just thought, I don't, you don't get to like choose what play you want to do. You're just auditioning for their thing. And I think that was the impetus for me writing my own stand up material. Like, I'm going to take this into my own hands. And, um, and that's when I, I was working at the bagel shop and babysitting and uh, for my jobs. 
And that's when I thought, um, I'll try stand up at night. And my boss at the bagel shop was really encouraging. He always thought I was really funny at work and he went with me and brought another employee and we made it like my first open mic in Chicago was, was fun. I blacked out, not like from alcohol, but I just don't remember really what happened, but I, I it was so scary because I used to really write out my material almost like a monologue because that's where I came from, mm-hmm. from theater. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so I really was more focused on like, ah, memorizing it. And, but I've always been concerned with like laugh lines and having lots of them and telling a story. So in, so, in your playwriting, you you made sure there were jokes. Well, I never really wrote a play. I mean, I improvised a play right before I left Chicago. Actually, oh, I did a, okay. Through long form improv, we, me and f- uh, four other women, improvised a piece called Five Lesbians Eating a Quiche," which was then transcribed by these two playwrights who have their names on the script, and. It gets performed to this day all around the world. Oh, okay. That's great. Yeah. It's called Five Lesbians Eating a Quiche. Eating, and, a, eating um, a Quiche. Yeah. That's, eating a Quiche. That sounds nice. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> they're eating a quiche. But um, <laughs> that was a really positive experience, you know, because like I hadn't really done live theater performance in those four years that I was there. I, I start, it was like a bookend to my time in Chicago. I started as a theater person did stand up for those mostly the four years and then the last I guess six months or so I, I got to book, bookend it with like a live performance I think I was confused because I thought it's somewhere by the way th- that was great you just that was your that's your Wikipedia biography in a nutshell that there was you very well done but I thought you said something about how was it in high school you got into the notion of uh, performing and I thought you had said you wrote pieces right is that what you said oh oh so so what it was is I, the technical term is called like a piece. I mean, that sounds so silly. I was being kind of silly, but um, meaning like we would take a play, um, like the Lives of the Great Waitresses by Nina Shingold. That was my freshman year piece. Okay, and we would cut ten minutes of the play out, like highlight it, and, and so it told the story in in a bridged version. And then I would play all the parts like a little weirdo. You know what I mean, like literally transform into all the characters before your eyes without costumes just facial and voice differences so if i i had had focal points on the wall like maybe to your just off your left shoulder and just off your right shoulder so if i was having a conversation in the piece or in the play i was performing this one woman show i would look to your left for one person's voice and then to your right for the other person's voice and you would see the conversation happening as i transformed between characters so it was someone else's play that me and my speech coach, Mrs. Pease was her name, would cut. She would cut it to 10 minutes. I would memorize the entire thing and perform it like a play, like okay. a woman show. Okay, so it was an, a, sort of an adaptation <clears throat> of someone else's work in a sense. Yeah, and, yeah, in a way, mostly, I would almost more abridge because I didn't, we didn't really take that many liberties. It wasn't, you know, it was trying to pretty much stick to the strip scripts. The time you got to be original was in the intro. Okay. That that is where you got to write a joke or a line or something, and I can't remember it, but you know, you'd say something like, "When you get your food, you blah 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 blah," and sometimes you can't. The lives of the great waitresses I by see. Nina Shingold. Okay. And by the way, that sentence obviously did not make sense. I was just <laughs> fucking around, but you get what I mean. I do, um, and I, I think I, now you do. I do now. Yes, I appreciate the clarification. I guess where I what I was wondering is, as someone who's seen your act and and. And, and knows your comedy a little bit, at least. I know you talk about your family life. Uh, yeah. I know you talk about the fact that your parents were divorced. 
your father is something of a character. Your mother was doing this on uh, raising you and your sisters on on her own, uh, and now you have yeah. a. I believe you started a podcast with your mom about talking yes. talking to moms. I guess I'm just wondering about whether your how your upbringing, which mm-hmm. is it sounds unique. I wonder how it informs you as an artist, and maybe whether any of that is derived from the experience you had. Uh, learning other people's plays, other people's work, and, and what they talked about. Did that influence you? Did all of these things influence you as the comedian you are now? You know, it's interesting. I haven't fully connected that. Maybe like my my love of theater early on with telling a, telling a personal story necessarily, but um, I haven't really c- connected that, like I said. But it is a valid point. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. I studied a lot of... You know, when you're in theater, you have these professors that are passionate and they're trying to show you what is taking place in the current scene. And I remember, you know, going to see like Adam Rapp's Red Light Winter mm-hmm. at Steppenwolf because I was, the, I, I forgot to mention that I did go and intern there between my junior and senior year oh, at, okay. in Chicago. And so that was a very formative experience, like being submerged, or I guess the word is immersed. Um, being Immersed, yeah. <laughs> so I, I could breathe still. <laughs> you were in underwater, okay? Just I was making still sure. Breathing. Yeah, okay. Good, yeah, but I good. was immersed in like this, you know, upper echelon of Chicago theater yeah. for a summer when I was twenty years old, and I'm still actually in touch with a lot of those. Well, not a lot, but a good amount of those people. Like I just did um, one of the students that was there that year because I was the intern. I just did the Den Theater in Chicago, which he runs. Okay. And I've done. Um, these fun like my friend john pick does these craigslist ads like reenacted and i've worked with him on one of those okay it's very ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Fun. They're yeah. fun videos. But anyway, yeah, I think that for sure, our ch- like, I definitely, there's a huge connection between childhood and our actions as adults, of course, like, you know, how you're formed and raised. And, but I think those stories that I, that, that I watched in my formative years, like, or even the plays that I saw, I found the ones I was extremely connected to, I remember being more like ones of pain and love stories and things that were very complicated but beautifully told those are the things I remember really like feeling and so I guess I do yearn for groundedness in all my work and you know a real passion and sort of like I do want to tell something like I don't want to waste your time I want to tell something important I like being silly too 
But um, yeah, I think it's important. I love sharing our stories. I think I remember watching other comics in Chicago and it's kind of like my, one of my favorite things of comedy is like when you say something that you think is only you and the crowd laughs and they're basically like, yeah, we do that too. <laughs> or at least they can understand where you're coming from. So those are my favorite things to think of the most. I like think, trying to think of like the most random private things that you wouldn't normally share yeah. and then say them out loud Yeah, and get a laugh because everybody's just admitting it. <laughs> I feel like some of us might take having two parents uh, raising you for granted a little bit. All of us, a lot of us make jokes about our parents. And as you get older, you're like, I'm such an asshole. For making jokes <laughs> yeah. about my parents, I should have been valuing their, right. you know, their well, presence. I, almost, I feel like that about, because now that, you know, as time goes on, and even, of course, time doesn't really matter. You could lose a parent at any time. But yeah. I think for me, it's more, you know, seeing friends that have lost parents, that, that makes me kind of more aware and appreciative and, and honestly worry about, like, repairing things before it's too late. I think a lot of people do that, but... I, I'm really thankful that um, I am who I am because of my upbringing. And yeah. I'm thankful that I faced that type of adversity when I was young because it definitely made me a better person. So it, it's, it's to me, it's very sim. It's not synonymous, but it's similar to the fact that I wasn't, I didn't come from a rich family that I could fall back on in comedy. Like I had to work, you know, anywhere from two to three jobs, two in Chicago, and then it became three in L.A. Yeah. Um, yeah. While I was pursuing comedy. And at the time, it's tiring, and you're like, why am I even doing this? What's it all mean? But I'm so thankful that I didn't come from a place where, like, like I'm, I'm, I'm envious in ways of those, of those comics that have rich parents or funded their lives or they didn't have to worry about a day job. They could just write their comedy and focus on that. Because mm-hmm. I think that there is a, there's certainly a benefit to that. I think that they put more time as if they're hardworking, but I think the benefit to me is uh, the way that I came up is that I worked for everything. I appreciate everything. And I've remained connected to the people I'm talking to Yeah, um, for the most part, because I didn't experience um, that privilege of, of just being provided for my whole life. Well, it's a weird thing too, because you don't know anything else. Your life is your yeah. life. You, you have nothing really to compare it to, except for even if you might have had those advantages, you you still might have turned out the way you are. I mean, yeah, it's just those are material conditions out of your control. Um, you you did mention several things there. Uh, you mentioned sports, being really into sports. Uh, we've talked yeah. about theater. We've talked about comedy. You alluded to musicals. This is ostensibly maybe primarily a, a music podcast i talked to lots of musicians some comedians oh, cool. some some authors i'm curious about your interest in music um uh, do you play music or do you have a, a deep interest in music beyond uh you know the well, casual fan maybe yeah my mom is a music teacher and so we grew up singing and she has a piano in the home and um, always had like a beautiful voice. And, you know, a lot of my early music was religious because we grew up Christian Methodist. Okay. And so like, you know, I was singing from a very early age in the primary choir of my church. So like those are a lot of happy memories because my mom was the teacher. That was okay. her other job. Yeah, yeah. So like singing in the church and all those things, those were early memories and songs that I still remember. I no longer practice. Like I don't, you know, go to church. And um, 
my mom doesn't even really go to that church anymore for other long story funny reasons. But okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I do. I played cello from third grade on. I quit in. Um, I quit in ninth grade, or maybe it was eighth because I thought it was uncool. Che- no, but- just, just, can I stop you there? Like, cello, that's very unusual to have someone on the show who just casually learned how to play cello. You incorporate your cello playing on your podcast. What- oh, yeah, I'm here. Here's my cello. This one might be a little off. So wow. I got to get the string fixed. It's right there. It's right. It was on command. That was amazing. Yeah, it's right behind me, I behind see. my desk. So you still play a little bit, but you didn't pursue it the way... It sounds like you were... I don't know if this was your parents or your mom keeping your options open, but it sounds like you explored lots of different things quite seriously when you were younger. Yeah. my I, Because my two older sisters did things, they kind of were in tandem, and I would try to do what they did and follow, but it never quite worked out for me like it did for them. I see. The only thing that we all had in common was field hockey. We all played that together. That's a that's, and, that's fun. That's a fun sport. Oh, yeah. I love it. I still play. I'll, I'll play tonight if my cold is feeling better. You're just going to go um, out and, and play pickup field hockey? Yeah, in Santa Monica <laughs> with the Santa Monica 7s. Oh, I didn't know that was a – you could actually do that. That's great. Yeah, Thursdays at 9 p.m. to okay. Uh, Adams Middle School. Okay. Well, now the announcement's out. You're going to get an influx of people at the next <laughs> yeah, one. No, that'd that's be great. That's great. So, so cello. Do you have like musical influences per se? You know, I wish I could. You know, it's kind of one of those things where right now because that string has been off, I need to go get it repaired. It's now been far too long since I've played. Right. And when I like, I am on tour right now, and so like I'm not. I'm at home currently, but usually I'm home. Like you know, it goes like. Comedy clubs are usually Thursday through Saturday, so I'm gone Thursday, and I get back Sunday. Then I have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and sometimes it's hard to run the errands that you want to. With you, just kind of want to rest at home. Yeah. So I would like to be playing more and like be more skilled. But right now, I play simple songs, like a lot of things from when I was a kid. Forrest Gump themed songs, the Beatles stuff is kind of easy for me to play and fun. Like Eleanor but Rigby, yeah, can so- you play? Can you play Eleanor Rigby? Eleanor Rigby. Yeah, I, you know, that's a, I, but now that I'm thinking about it, that is a quicker tempo there. Yeah. I don't know if I have it in one of my books. Okay. I bet I, it's possible. I could look it up. And just trying to think back. of a, a decent Beatles cello song. That's all. <laughs> that that one's, um, that, that I, one's got all a cello. All My Loving is up right now. Does it have a cello on All My Loving? I can't picture All that. My Loving. Really? Yeah. I mean, you can play anything well, on cello, really. You can play anything. I can play You Are My Fire on Backstreet Boys on there. Please don't. And I have. Please, please don't do that. I don't, I don't want yeah. that. I don't, I don't want it's, it. I don't want it that way. <laughs> it's available. <laughs> it's available on my Instagram feed. <laughs> okay. I will check that out. Now, we don't have a lot of time <clears throat> left here, which is sad. It's sad uh, oh, yeah. the way time works, but I do want to ask you about your current projects. I mentioned this podcast you started with your with your mom. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's been slow going because we did six episodes and one live episode, and it's, for me, from my side, the inside, it's a nightmare because I just want it to be freaking free. Just put it out for people to enjoy what's happening. Yes. You know, and so uh, it sounds like my wishes are going to be granted, and season one will go for free online everywhere like apple and or itunes and whatnot mm-hmm. and in the next couple months my mom and i re- will record season two for release shortly after and it's called we called your mom and my mom and i go into the studio and um we just call some of my friends and people i've worked with mom 
It has nothing to do with the comedian or the artist. Like, we just call their mom and talk to their mom for a while. Now, why? Why? About, why did that intrigue you? I'm just curious. Well, because my mom like is so much of who I am, and her strength and everything she overcame to raise me is definitely how I am and why I'm here. And mm-hmm. so I think I really like to know about other moms and what the similarities are between um, moms and their, and the artist children that they have. And like, I think the stories of their earliest signs of being different or unique or creative are always really interesting, especially their senses of humor come early. And so those are the funny things you get to hear about that only a mom would remember. Right, right. So who who have you spoken with thus far? We talked to Marilyn Bamford. Her episode is actually currently just free and out. Yes. Um, Maria, Maria's mom. And we talked to Sandy Rogan, Seth, Seth's mom. Right. We talked to Baron Vaughn's mom, Charlotte. We talked to Jonathan Van Ness's mom, Mary. Mm-hmm. And Sam Richardson's mom, Lydia. Right. And um, some p- performing partners of mine, the Putterboss sisters, we talked to their mom, Chris. In an unreleased episode, we talked to Will Forte's mom, Patty. Oh, wow. And coming live is Andrew Goldberg's mom. Okay. And uh, Sophie Buttle, who's a Canadian comic. Canadian mom. comedian, very, very funny, yeah. Yeah, so we talked to um, Rabbi Linda Goldberg, who is... Andrew's mom and Toby Rosenblum, who is Sophie's mom. So, this, so it's a great idea, I have to say. And I, I assume, like you say, you're getting some insight. I assume you're asking the comedians' permissions before you're just cold calling their moms. Yeah, I mean, I actually just texted Patty Forte because I had her number because Will was on was in the movie Good Boys that I yeah, wrote on. Yeah, and I had already developed a relationship with her. And then Will is like crazy nice, like unbelievably nice words to the point where I knew I would just see him at the premiere and be like, like I meant to text him and say, Hey, I I did ask your mom. I wanted to make sure it's okay. But like, he just, I just knew it was okay. Um, because they have such a close relationship. Yeah. I interviewed Will last year and I couldn't, we had a time limit, you know, and he wouldn't, he he wanted to talk to me forever. He just kept going. It was very sweet. (laughs) Yeah. He is unbelievably kind and considerate and patient. And so I just like, I did. I told him when I saw him, I was like, I feel a little bad. I meant to run it by you, but I think I maybe broached it when we were all together anyway yeah. in the summer in Vancouver. Yeah. And um, so anyway, yeah, I just remember, I'm so sorry. I meant to just text and ask. And he was like, oh, please, no. It was, she was so happy to do it and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but of course, everybody else, I said, you know, hey, do you mind if I if I call your mom, ask if that's something she's into? And then, of course, like I there was, there's been one misstep, unfortunately, where someone had lost their mom so, sort of recently. And so that's always really hard and oh, upsetting because no. oh. I feel feel bad about that yeah. but um yeah not everybody has their mom so i think sometimes too it's it's i don't know if it's healing or fun or helpful for people who've lost their mom to, to listen to other moms maybe it is i don't know maybe I it's would, too painful i would think I it would know. be i would think it would be for sure yeah. yeah and two it's just fun to hear like their funniest little creative stories like jonathan van ness's mom was talking about how she sat the boys down to let them know that her, their dad and her will be getting a divorce. And before she really finished the sentence, Jonathan Van Ness goes, can I have your ring? 
<laughs> well, uh, opportunity knocks, I guess. That's I the, know, way, the way so it works. funny. That's like truly one of my favorite stories of all time, maybe. But I also started the podcast because I wanted to do something with my mom. Yeah. So we would have something always. And I did not. I knew if I was going to start a podcast this late in, this, in the world, in the game, that it had to be something that was unique. And I really didn't want to bother my friends. Right. So... I just bother their mothers. They I have see. more time on their hands at this moment. No, that makes They've sense. They've done the raising. Yeah. <laughs> well, <clears throat> we do have to go, unfortunately, okay. because I know you've got other uh, uh, commitments. So before we go, is there yeah. uh, where can people go to learn more about, about you, Beth? I'm just curious so they can get some more well, info. you know, um, sweetbeth.com backslash tour is my schedule i think there's probably other things on there a little bio and such yeah maybe a link to the first episode of the podcast and um yeah and i have a new hour special coming out in may and um i don't know when this is coming out but if you're in minneapolis on march 7th i'll be filming it at the varsity oh cool so save the date march 7th saturday minneapolis I know that you guys are in Canada, but you oh, know it's not oh, that oh. far from people in Canada. I have a lot of listeners in Minneapolis. I have to say, oh, wonderful! Yeah, well, get on down March seventh. <laughs> okay, Please. cool. It's sweetbeth.com for other info. Um, Beth, this was really fun. I wish we had more time, but I hope we'll talk again sometime. And I wish, yeah, you... I guess I have to do another call. Yeah, now. yeah. He only has ten minutes or something. Okay, so. well, I got more, and I appreciate it. I wish you the best of luck with everything going forward, and I hope we talk soon. Thank you so much. I appreciate your kindness. Thank you very much to Beth Stelling for appearing on this, the 523rd episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available on all iOS and Android platforms and everything else you can think of. Spotify, Audio Boom, YouTube, it's everywhere. If you can't find an episode that you're looking for, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my regularly scheduled newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter, at vishcreative, or follow me directly, at vishkana. Also, please visit patreon.com slash Control to make a flexible monthly donation keep this podcast going again six dollars or more per month gets you exclusive access to content that is not available anywhere else so please visit patreon.com slash creative control to learn more about donating to the show thanks as always to pizza trocadero the bookshelf planet bean coffee and granddad's donuts for their in-kind support of the show Uh, as always thanks to my pal jim guthrie and you can learn more about jim and his music which he loans to me sometimes on the show at jimguthrie.org and finally thank you thank you very much for listening to this episode with Beth and maybe checking out some other episodes if you're not familiar with the show but otherwise I appreciate you subscribing to the podcast telling your friends to maybe do the same and just for listening and and for being you thank you for listening this far into the episode you are a trooper I will talk to you very very soon I hope bye for now catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.